When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, the final hour is here on this Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Plenty of headlines across college football and uh, the NFL where Joe Burrow carted off the field today for the Cincinnati Bengals with an apparent calf injury. And we'll have further details tomorrow on that. We've got uh, Jalen Ramsey who was carted off today with a left knee issue. And Mike McDaniel in Miami will speak more to that. And, of course, Colorado to the Big 12, the vote that's happening, and that is inevitable. And what's next for the the Pac-12 at this point? And at Big Ten Media Days, plenty to discuss from everything at Northwestern uh, to big expectations for certain programs. And then reports that are similar and, and a great example is A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports, who had the exclusive report yesterday. Uh, right as we were going off air, A.J., we, we saw your report about the, the certain culture at Minnesota since P.J. Fleck arrived. He was part of the flood of news that happened yes. in college football right at the end it, of our show. Yes. Uh, right in the middle of it, we were having to report. Where uh, you have anonymous players and several of them, including some former starters, staff members as well, detailing things behind the scenes of exercise punishments, the Fleck Bank to, to potentially get out of a positive drug test. Will you detail the information uh, as you join us from Big Ten Media Days and what you heard today from P.J. Fleck, who said this was a baseless report, and what you've heard from Minnesota players to this point? Yeah, there was uh, P.J. Fleck. Had, uh, he, had, he was on the podium earlier, then he was in front of us for a scrum for 45 minutes, and I was there for... For uh, all but the first minute of that. Um, and yeah, it, they, it's a lot of pushback. We reported yesterday, it was a very long story, exhaustive story, uh, more than 3,000 words about the environment there at uh, from using, like you said, former former players, former staff members, anonymous or, I know, not anonymously. Since I you saw the pushback I've received online, this is why we did it that way. I mean, I didn't want them to take the hits. I wanted, uh, you know, I wanted them to tell their story um, and they did. And some more have reached out since the story went up and I'm following that up today. Uh, it's uh, they're The main thing a lot, a lot of people are pushing back on is the exercise punishment. That's something that, that uh, the NCAA since 2014 actually has been kind of has have guidelines in place to prevent. Um, it was following deaths of, of players um, or, you know, very serious injuries of players doing these punishing workouts. And this was before Jordan McNair. And I covered Jordan McNair from the time the incident happened before, you know, he was on life support for two weeks before uh, he passed away. And I've covered all that. I covered, I was all over that investigation and um, how it was handled by the University of Maryland. And um, and so this is kind of, I might say, personal to me because I am a personal trainer, so I'm a performance coach as well. You know, this is like, you know, athlete health is something that, you know, should be taken very seriously. And, um, I know, and, um, today Flex said that he's never used punishments as workouts. Um, although I've uh, players who have reached out since, um, uh, since my story went up yesterday, 
have uh, told me that yes, it, they yes, he did, and he, I got more details of that. And uh, that's against school policy. It's against NCAA policy, um, and it's not just doing ten push-ups. It's like these things can be, you know, bear crawls for four hundred yards. You have you know up you know burpees slash up downs. You know until you know some some guys have puked, and it's like you know. But there's also other injury. But we detailed one heart um, heart issue that wasn't known at the time, where a player went down during a workout. You know, there's and there's 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 gonna be more to come, and it's uh, so I'm. It was, uh, I, I expected pushback. I expected, especially uh, what a macho sport that football is. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what the story contained. That was a response here today. What can you tell us about the Fleck Bank that you reported on uh, in this story? And I know that when PJ Fleck said it's a baseless report, he did acknowledge the Fleck Bank exists, but he spun it in a way that wasn't necessarily the way you reported it. So can you square that with us on what you reported and then what P.J. Fleck said about it, which certainly could not have been baseless considering he acknowledged that it does exist. Yeah, and actually after he talked, I talked to one of the players who said it's still going on. You know, they, they use different terms as far as, as you know, what it's used for, but, it's, but it was something he brought from Western Michigan over. And it was, so it wasn't a new system. It was, it's, it's basically, if you, uh, it's, a, it's an accountability thing, but, which a lot of coaches have. It's totally normal. You want your, your players to be accountable. You want them to get good grades. You want them to show up to tutoring if, if, if they have to. Um, but my report, and this is off my sources, uh, where it's, it, it was used to, you know, if you, if you had coins or a high enough balance in this flex bank, uh, you know, these former players uh, were telling me that you could get, you get away with things, you know, that whether you could, uh, whether that is a, pos- a, a positive drug test, which I had more details of, which I asked Fleck about today, um, from 2018, um, and uh, that you that you're able to kind of get out of punishments, uh, and some 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 of those things are pretty serious uh, team rule violations. Um, you know, he pushed back at the the players. You know, while acknowledging the flag bank, they didn't really give him any details today as far as what it consists of now. But it's something that's was here since or here in Minnesota since 2017, um, and and it's 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 carried over, and it's something that um, you know that was confirmed today, both by Fleck and by. Um, and by uh, one of his players when I asked. A.J. Perez with us, front office sports, uh, with a report on Minnesota's football program, specifically P.J. Fleck. Uh, and also the Fleck Bank, and then there's a Fleck book that included the Row Your Boat mantra, which uh, you, you set up in your report that you did not ask about. It was unprompted, but more than one player would reference Row your boat was more than just some term or slogan for you know trying to everyone pull in this in the same direction. It was uh, the word cult was used. Can you give more context to what they were trying to tell you and what they did? Yeah, it was all part of uh, kind of especially when he got here when he got to Minnesota in 2017. You know, he he, he took over a program. You know, this is he was the youngest Power Five coach at the time, and uh, he was he, he kind of pushed. He, he, he took a lot of the stuff that it was the row the boat stuff, which is actually still trademarked by Western Michigan. Uh, he brought over, uh, you know, the same kind of uh, concept to uh, the Golden Gophers. And uh, this was, this was, you know, all, all coaches have weird sayings and slogans. The yes. shrink coaches, we, yeah, there's a lot of different acronyms to use, but it was all part of, you know, I was described kind of as basically an indoctrination. And, and that in, in, included in that around the time those players, you know, the players get the flight book you know, back in 2017 and it's, it's still going on now. The, the, when he got there in 2017, the strength coach had to teach the players how to clap. 
and they had to practice that. So, and, and every time a player comes, you know, a coach comes into the room, you have to clap for him. And it seems kind of corny and thing, but when you add this all together, um, it's uh, it does sound uh, it does sound like you know it does sound like a, a lot of college football programs, but it was pa- also part of you know this whole this whole this whole mindset that uh, that Fleck and, he, and Fleck is a very energetic coach. He's had success, um, um, but these but these players detailed to me what it did to their mental health, and this is one of the things that that uh, that they mentioned to me. So, and just to clarify, every player you spoke with, um, some were starters from 2017 to 2021, which I believe every player is from this era, this th- those years, specifically when Fleck arrived. And uh, every player is uh, was under scholarship. These are these are not walk-ons or different players that are, are there for practice. Everyone received a scholarship that you you, you talked with. Overall, like why why is this the, the timing of this now? Did you get a sense for it? Oh, that's a good. You know, that was a, that, that, that's a really good question. I've been I was uh, tipped off to this a couple of weeks before everything went down at at uh, the University of Northwestern. So I was working on it. Granted, I was doing the Dan Snyder sale still um, and working on, on that. And that finished, thankfully, finished last Thursday and Friday. Um, so I kind of I kind of moved. I was working on that, was working on this and uh, all the commander stuff at the same time. And uh, it was it just kind of when you have a story this complex, especially using anonymous sources as we did, it takes a lot to get through a lot of reviews, not just my editors. You know, it has to go through a legal review. We have to give the 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 school a chance to comment. We gave them more time. They asked for more time. We gave them more time, you know, and meanwhile, you know, one of the players told me today that they had, they had a heads up of the story before I even, you know, they knew I was, I, I cast a white net. I talked to a lot of people. Um, I knew that they would figure out that, that I'm working on this. So, but you, we, we, we have to give the, the school time to, 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 to comment, which we did to give them an extra, extra time to comment. And then even after that, we, we didn't publish for about 20 hours after that um, response. We, we were very careful. We went, I went back, I went back through all my interviews. I did all these fact checks to make sure everything was, was correct. You know, that I would have loved to, for it. To, I would have loved for it to run last week. I would have like, I was, my first draft was in two weeks ago. It, that's how long this process goes. Do you have a response? And I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but paraphrasing PJ Flex said something along the lines of, oh, players that have been dismissed from our program have come after the program every year in the past this is this is nothing new do you have a response to that and him saying that it's just players that were dismissed from the program this was a party line today i uh, i don't know i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm just analysis here probably some media training they did give these players uh heads up and uh they they were they were on point the one the, i heard multiple players say uh, this happens every year. Well, there hasn't been a report since 2021. So there hasn't been a report since on this issue for two years. So this is not does not happen every year. There was a the local TV station in uh, in the Twin Cities did have a report, and I referenced that in my story. Uh, but my but my 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 reporting was totally totally new off that. There was I talked to people that uh, that 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 reporter didn't talk to a lot of people that they you know. And uh, if I followed up. And uh, I'm still getting new information now. Um, this, the, 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 this is just one story. I'm going to stay on this, kind of like I said on Dan Snyder. Um, you know, there's, this is, uh, I'm not out to get anybody, but it's more people are reaching out. The, this, the story has, while it's got, gotten, <laughs> gotten some blowback, the story actually has led more people to reach out to, uh, to me and feel comfortable since we handled the story as we did yesterday. Dude, can we expect more? That based on what you've heard since the story was published, and, and can we expect more soon 
with this story based on everything you're hearing from others that have reached out? I'll have a little more information today uh, for my second story. I did, a, I did a quick story off of what PJ Flex said from the podium. Um, but yeah, this is going to be something that's, uh, this is, this is a, a long process. They're a public university. They're, they're, they, they have their, I can do open records requests, which you, which you couldn't do with Northwestern or any, or many other, or any other private institution. So I'm going to be, I, I'm going to be sending more, more requests off and I'm going to see what, what comes out of that is going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of more digging and a lot of, uh, more outreach. I know there's, I want to get to a point where I'm not relying totally on anonymous sources. I know, I know how people feel about that. I really, if I could ever get, uh, you know, people go on the record, I would love that. I think maybe we'll, we'll get to that point, uh, sometime soon. And going back to the, the Fleck bank, um, it, if in fact they were getting out of the ramifications of a failed drug test, right. And it helped them if they had enough, coins in the fleck bank uh does the football i know the athletic director has commented he backs fleck who's under contract through 2029 it's long term uh does the football program specifically handle those drug tests or is this a university test for an athletic program is it very specific to football or do the results go to the coach and then he determines discipline he doesn't explain how it happens to so drug-free sport, which is actually the company that tests pretty much everybody, including the NFL and, and, and pro sports. They collect the samples. They, they do the testing. The results go to the administrator, which would be Coyle for, or his designee, as they say. Yeah. Uh, a, a first strike positive uh, depends if it's PEDs or if it's, uh, or, 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 if it's street, or if it's a street drug. Um, they handle a little differently. But, the, but a first strike doesn't necessarily mean a a player is going to be uh, has to sit. If they could, it goes to a uh, three-person panel. That that panel at at the within the within the athletic department is the one that determines like the like whether it be suspended or treatment. That's how it's handled. And Coach Fleck uh, today reiterated that. Yeah, he was totally hands off when I asked um, about the uh, about the, the the positives that I learned uh, of in 2018. And um, and he said he had no say. You know, he no say in in how that's handled. Yeah, just final thought here, as we're about a minute left. Um, were any of the anonymous sources those who were who received a benefit from a failed drug test? And again, like if the university or the, the athletic director has the authority over it, it comes back to him. Is this something where if they're, they're helping before the test is taken? Or is this something afterwards to where it would actually benefit discipline? No, I think there's really no indication that anybody tipped off these players that they're going to be tested. I think the, I think a lot of this was a, one was a, was, was a bull test. So in the, in the NCAA, you, you, there's a couple tests a year, usually before the season. Then if you get, if you get to a bowl, there'll be a test there. Um, but then there's also, uh, you know, there, there are random tests the school does con conduct and there, and there, and coach Fleck has no control over that. Um, so it, it's really should per the policy, it's supposed to be handled by the uh, someone someone else high up in the department like coil and uh, and and then they have like a, a special panel that decides things so uh fleck today said he didn't have any part of uh any part of um you know those disciplines and he has no say okay. in uh in in positive tests but but no one you spoke with before this report oh said said that they were been they they received benefit by the fleck bank no okay no there is uh yeah no there is there was players, uh, you know, who, who, you know, there's a couple of players who were high up in the flight bank and then, uh, yeah, as well, but they didn't, they didn't take advantage of it. I would say that's the best way to put it. Okay.
This is uh, this is thorough. Yeah, I, yeah, and you, you you've always been that way, AJ. We appreciate the detail and the perspective. And uh, I, again, I I love the fact you show up to Big Ten Media Days uh, right there. Well, yeah, PJ yeah. Fleck. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not going to go in here. I mean, it's it's my story. Well, good my luck. Base is on it. So. Good luck with your new Dan Snyder uh, reporting. You, you get rid of uh, that <laughs> uh, that saga, and we'll, seems like we'll this will be going forward, on for a while. Uh, we'll look forward to reading whatever uh, is next in this. Th- thank you. Yeah, no offense to Indy, but I'd rather be in the Mediterranean trying to chase down this yacht right now. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, hey, good to see you. A.J. Perez there. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Sports, uh, senior reporter, uh, does a great job. And uh, the details within this from the, again, I think it's important. All the players are from the same class, 2017 to 2021. 21. And some were starters. All were scholarship players. And, you know, P.J. Fleck is... Saying one thing. It's a long read, but it's worth your time. Yeah. If, if you're sifting through it, I mean, just go learn for yourself what's being reported. Yeah, and what's toxic, what's not. Yeah. Right? You can determine and that And then too. you can decide for yourself. Dr. David Chow joins us next. The latest on Joe Burry's Burroughs injury. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Glad you're with us. We are live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up momentarily, here on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow, pro football doc, Dr. David Chow will be with us and he'll give his assessment of what he's seen from the practice video of Joe Burrow going down with uh, an apparent calf injury and needing to be carted off. Dak Taylor, the head coach, confirming it's a calf injury injury no details though on the timetable for this and dr chow will know former uh team physician for the chargers and he'll know the timetable and what generally happens in this recovery hun can i confess something right now sure uh it would appear if i stood up at this point that i peed all over the front of my pants but i can assure you that i did not i was just in the bathroom and i'm washing my hands and as i'm washing my hands a spider what? Which I guess there was like a web in front of me. 
And I was trying to dance away from this spider as I'm washing my hands and proceeded to just sling water all over my lower leg on, on my pant. So it appears that I just walked right into the bathroom and just peed right down my leg. You hit it well. And then walked back in. But I promise you it was me fighting off a spider. I trust you. With wet hands. And I washed my hands. I just wanted that clear for when (laughs) I stand up in the next segment and you look at me and you say, if peeing your pants is cool, then consider me Miles Davis. I promise I didn't pee my pants. Just wanted that out there. Just before there could be real embarrassment. Well, there was the faucet in there where you turned on, turned on, and just went everywhere because it was. That's like happened so, before too. Yeah, that's all, always always pick the last one of the four. Yeah, there's sinks. one faucet that you can't physically get that, your lower I body everyone, far enough away yes. when washing your hands to not splatter all over your pants. Chad, it is official through Colorado. Brett McMurphy uh, has talked with Colorado President uh, Todd Salomon. Quote, we think it's time to change conferences. The Buffaloes will return to the Big 12 in 2024. The meeting is complete. It was a foregone conclusion. After the Big 12 voted last night through the presidents and chancellors, unanimous invite, and they welcome Colorado's application. So now who's next? We'll discuss that coming up. Uh, What's next in a... uh, Injury recovery that happened today for Joe Burrow. Uh, went down with a calf injury, had to be carted off the practice field as the Bengals uh, were going through uh, so what looked like uh, team drills where Burrow's rolling out to his right and goes down quickly after hopping on his right leg only. Uh, Dr. David Chow joins us, pro football doc, back with us on OutKick. And uh, always enjoy your perspective uh, doctor, and, and from the video that surfaced right after practice and knowing that Zach Taylor confirmed the issue, which is a calf in, injury, what do you see in the video and what do you think Burrow's in for right now in, in terms of recovery? Yeah, and it's just video, but uh, I'm glad that uh, our staff at Sports Injury Central was on it. They we, we actually, they texted me the video and I broke out from patients and we beat Zach Taylor to the calf thing. So. <laughs> but as long <laughs> as it's work. not Achilles, that's, yeah. the key is it's not Achilles. We've got good video. As long as it's not Achilles, that's good news. And, and you're showing the video now. And I, I saw the worry about Achilles. It is on his right side, which is different than his left knee ACL. As he rolls out here, you see he pulls up. The other thing that's significant here is that uh, this is why teams are pretty cautious sometimes in training camp. I mean, Joe Burrow clearly had a pre-existing calf issue of some sort because he's got that sleeve on his right calf, right? So he might have felt something early, thought it was a cramp or tried to go through it a little bit, and now it has gotten a little bit worse. The good news is as long as it's not Achilles, it's all happiness because no surgery and he's going to get better. The bad news is you do tend to, to, it does tend to linger a little bit. Uh, but Joe Burrow has not needed to practice at all. There was in preseason, right? In terms of his career in the NFL, COVID stuff, no practice. Torn ACL, very little training camp practice. Last year, appendicitis, very little training camp practice. And now this year here, he's obviously got the, uh, the, uh, the uh, calf issue. He's going to miss a fair amount of practice time here. And, um, you know, but I don't see how he's not ready for week one. 
Is he going to be as mobile as he normally would be? No, but he can have pocket mobility. And uh, I don't see how he's not there week one. So that's the good news. Zach Taylor said today, uh, Dr. David Chow with us, that the, the sleeve was on his leg, on his right leg, his right calf, because he came in, they were doing something, I don't know if it was a walkthrough this morning or something, and he was saying his calf was tight um, and, and sore, I believe it was. from, And that's presumed to be from day one of camp. I don't know how, uh, you know, how that would happen whenever you were with the Chargers. Is, is that typical for guys to be that sore after day one? And uh, would, would you expect a, a guy to just put a sleeve on and continue to practice if that were the issue? Look, I know the medical staff of the Bengals. I make zero criticisms. Their head athletic trainer, uh, whose new is great, who's been there a little bit now. And they, uh, hey, they, I'm not right. doubting. They've done a, a, a great job in some big moments in recent years uh, with severe issues on the field during games. So you're right to mention this. No question. And so I'm just pointing out that, look, it's it's very hard. If someone sat every time they were a little sore from a niggly something, you wouldn't have anybody out. So NFL sports medicine is driving an IndyCar, uh, a, a race car. Anyone can go 200 plus miles an hour in a straightaway. Everyone, anyone can get through a turn. The key is to know when the straightaway is ending and slow down and be careful. And when the turn is ending, so you have to accelerate out of it. That's how you get good NFL sports medicine. So it is tricky and dicey. It's easy to look back. Uh, you look, the bottom line is this is the time of year for muscle injuries, muscle soreness, okay, in terms of acclimation injuries, hamstrings, quads, calves issues, et cetera. Uh, so it's not necessarily surprising. And by the way, I'm sorry that uh, my computer didn't work and I'm holding the cell phone camera. I, you know, it's kind of in a mirror the way I'm holding it. And, I promise you, with surgery, my hands are steadier. Well, you sound great. You look great. No, no, no concerns at all with that. So you mentioned, doctor, no surgery with something like this, but it does linger at times. Can you give us just from your experience what you've seen with a calf strain or calf, calf pull, calf injury? Best case scenario, worst case scenario in, in a case like this. First of all, the word strain does mean tear, partial tear, not. The calf muscle is torn. If you look at it with an MRI, look at it with a microscope, there is tearing. It's not torn in two pieces. There's no surgery to be done. But it is tearing, and it does need to heal. And it's going to be likely what we call medial gastroc. Medial gastroc is uh, the uh, inside of the calf, the bigger part of the muscle. And it does linger. If you go back a few years, Aaron Rodgers, you know, late in the season, had a calf strain. And we were saying it's going to linger. And you saw him not running as it came to the playoffs and otherwise. Mm -hmm. The good news is it shouldn't affect Joe Burrow very much uh, from the pocket. Yes, it's his plant leg, but by week one, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, it may affect him a little bit. He may be a little more careful in running out of the pocket, but that's not what he's going to be paid a gazillion dollars to do. And like I said, not the worst thing for Joe Burrow is to, to miss training camp. He's done very well missing training camp before. Dr. David Chow uh, has been our guest. Pro Football Doc uh, is where you can find him on social. Uh, at final thing, have you seen any video surface of Jalen Ramsey going down at practice earlier today with the Dolphins? Uh, we do know it's a knee issue. Oh. We don't know the severity of it. 
I have not seen live video of that. Um, we have seen the reports of rolled up on. Uh, and by the way, let's not make a lot out of Joe Burrow being carted off or Jalen Ramsey or Garrett Wilson for that matter. In training camps, most teams that are different things are not at their normal practice facility with the training room next to the field. The cart off is more of convenience because the medical facility is further away in training camp, typically. It's not the regular season practice field. So let's not get too crazy with it. And the other one that we didn't cover is Garrett Wilson. That seems to be a mild or grade one, two, grade two likely inversion ankle sprain, not high ankle. So, uh, so far, two of the three, not the worst news in the world. Of course, Joe Burrow is going to miss a considerable amount of training camp, but at least it's not surgical. His season is not over and he'll be ready week one. It looked, uh, it, it did not look good. A, it, a lot of these tend to go 50-50 on what looks good versus when, you, when your quarterback goes down, it's awful. But man, that would have been a, a shockwave uh, with Burrow about to sign a massive extension, the, the most we've seen among quarterbacks in the league or any player in the league to this point. Uh, Doc, thank you for the perspective as always, especially on short notice. And uh, we will no doubt be catching up with you soon as we're just cranking up in the NFL with camp. There will be other injuries. And the other thing I say, yeah, NFL season is definitely started. The other thing that might not be the worst news for the Bengals, I mean, I know this is a scare, but maybe instead of uh, worrying about it, I mean, this will get Joe Burrow's long-term deal done in his financial security <laughs> because he doesn't want the next time, you know, right? I mean, that's what it's all about in, in the end. He's going to get a massive contract. I mean, you know, what's a few million dollars when you're talking about 250 plus million dollars, right? I mean, you and I take it. I take the few million and hold out, but Look, your life's not going to change with that amount of money uh, waiting for a few million dollars more on a contract. So maybe it's a good thing in the end. Appreciate you. As always, we'll catch up. Thank you. At Pro Football Doc, he is Dr. David Chow. Uh, does a great job uh, with all of the coverage and the analysis from uh, the, the injuries that take place. He looks at it, assesses it. He's got a great team as well. Uh, behind the scenes that 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 get it done um, on days like this. Well, great resource for us to have on the show and, and bring on the show. Great Twitter follow also, because I'm constantly learning things about injury with what he sees just on video with different injuries. It's it's really good. Chad, uh, some notable NFL quarterbacks were asked about quarterback on Netflix, um, and it was across the league as camps open, first media availability with some of these players. Uh, as they're watching quarterback, and they're also um, discussing the the players that will be doing this next year. We brought this up yesterday, but the the players who turned it down: uh, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Uh, Brian Tannehill said that he turned it down for season one; that he had the option to do that. I'm sure there are others, uh, but the ones that are on the show right now with Mahomes who is crushing it, Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. And then there is a, a great list for season two, which has already been announced. As well, going it's the to state happen. of New York. It's Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen, all the quarterbacks in the state of New York for season two. Season one was terrific, finished it last night. Those three quarterbacks, you're going to leave liking all of them, I think, a little bit more. Maybe some debate on Mariota with how things ended with him when he was benched, yeah. but – all in all, the behind-the-scenes stuff is terrific and gives you a great snapshot of them. 
I do not blame Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa, or Justin Fields for turning this down. Those guys had a lot to prove last year and coming into this next year. I'll also say this about Jalen Hurts. If he's anything like what we saw in the build-up to the Super Bowl and what we've seen from him in interviews, he's not going to be very entertaining on, on this quarterback series. That's not a knock on Jalen Hurts. He's a lot of what you would want in a quarterback. He's very boring. The Patrick Mahomes has a conversation with him where Patrick Mahomes speaks 98% of the time to Jalen Hurts on the media night of the Super Bowl this last year in an episode of the show. So I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to say a lot if he's on this, this series. So probably a good move for him to turn it down. And Justin Fields, Tua, ton to prove. I'd understand the turning it down. Ryan Tannehill probably wanted to do it and probably went to Mike Vrabel knowing him and talked about it. And Mike Vrabel, while not just saying absolutely not, probably said, yeah, I don't know that we need to do that. I don't know that's something that we're all about here with this team and, and with my team. So I can kind of see it with all of those guys. I'm pumped for season two with the access they get. This is not a – I mean, you can tell watching it. This is not a we had a camera in every moment, every day, every meeting. This is a we're going to come through five or six of the weeks out of the year. We're going to get great NFL films footage. On the sideline, you're going to be mic'd up every game. We're going to go through that and take highlights in games with you mic'd up. They're, we're going to have an end-of-the-year interview that's going to last a long time that you can tell they shot the same interview mm-hmm. about every game in the same outfit of both of the wives and the, the players at the end of the year. Um, but the way they, they thread this thing together and the quilt that it forms is very, very well done. It's not, it's not earth-shattering. But the way it's produced is great, and you do get a look behind the scenes at some things. Some of them I'm surprised they showed. You know, some of the things I'm surprised they got into, but you get good, good footage of it. Highly recommend. I've and never, season two will be great. Never surprised when Jim Ursay decides to speak honestly and is just forthright. He normally does this on Twitter, which he's done yet again, where he called the running back talk and call for a new CBA revamp for the position inappropriate. He's got a running back that's in the last year of his deal. What's next? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hot Mike with Hunt Withrow. Been a fast-paced show, Chad. We just had an excellent suggestion in the YouTube chat. By the way, if you're in that YouTube chat, we don't have near enough likes today. Smash that like button. Pound it. Subscribe. Pound it. Share it. Smash it. Do all the things to it. Everything you can, do it to that like button. Um, Royce in the YouTube chat. I think it was Royce. Let me make sure I'm crediting the right YouTube YouTuber. Um, asked if you could have three quarterbacks throughout history. Any era, any decade, you could pick the year and follow them in this dream world on the quarterback series on Netflix. Which three? I, I went with uh, the, the nightlife trio of Joe Namath, 
Jim McMahon, Ken Stabler. But now that I think about it, Let's I'd like to I'd like to mix in more history with it. So this is something we're going to revisit tomorrow. Yeah, I've got two that automatically come to mind for the entertainment. Well, Colin matter. over here even said Jim McMahon. We shared good. one of the one of the same ones in the thread. So we'll all come up with three solid ones. Maybe I might just go different eras with each one and different style for each one, so I don't get too much. See, that would be too much of a bad thing. Like Joe Namath, Stabler, <laughs> McMahon, oh, to me nice would guy? be like, that would be two HBO late night series, right? Like I need a little <laughs> bit of everything. Like give me a little bit of sex and intrigue. Give me a little bit of mystery with someone yeah, so that we don't know a, little, a lot about. Emmanuel, Queen of the Galaxy. Yes, you need a little yeah. Sherlock Holmes and what else? Uh, Rochelle, Rochelle, uh, as they wrote <laughs> Seinfeld, erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. But then, you know, just three different types. Well, I need to find the right three the right three-pack of different styles, attitudes, mystery, era, team to, to focus on. This, is, this could take a little – this is going to be a little brainstorming it's gonna be good. for us to come up with question. the right three. It's a great question from Royce. Chad, uh, Jim Irsay, uh, you never know what he's going to do or what he's going to say. And, you know, he certainly has said plenty throughout the last few NFL owners meetings about Daniel Snyder. And uh, yesterday, tweeted this out yesterday evening in regards to the the Zoom call that took place this past weekend, where NFL running backs got together, a handful of them, and uh, because of was it not? I believe it. Najee Harris gave a peek behind the scenes of the, the questions that were asked, the tone, the tenor of of the Zoom. And one of the things that he pointed out was they had NFLPA reps on discussing going back to the drawing board and changing the franchise tag, not by position, but as a whole. If you tag a player, you're getting this amount. All of the top spots in the league right now, minimum, is $18 million on the tag. Wide receiver, quarterback, and, and, and it's not always 18. The, the lowest is 18. Wide receiver, uh, quarterback, defensive end, corner, there are others. Um, the running backs are second to last on the tier at 10.1 million, second only to kickers and punters at 5 million on the franchise tag. They wanted to go back to the drawing board. Jim Ursay, who's on the finance committee among the NFL owners, tweeted this out. NFL running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides to say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is, after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Um, Jonathan Taylor's agent responded to this and said the only bad faith happening here is not paying your best offensive weapon on your team. Jonathan Taylor was, according to uh, those in the meeting, there was one player, it may have been Harris, it could have been another, it may have been Chubb. But I, I know it was quoted. Jonathan Taylor was visibly upset. Like the, you could tell on his face, he was pissed off in this meeting. He's going into the last year of his contract. And he is you know, tried to spur on talks for an extension. He hasn't been as vocal 
as what we've seen with Saquon Barkley or what we're seeing currently with Josh Jacobs. By the way, Josh Jacobs reportedly was offered a long-term extension with the Raiders of an average of $12 million per year and has turned that down. He left Vegas. He's holding out. He's not there. Holding out. He's not, he's not there. He's not under contract. He hasn't signed the franchise tag. Saquon Barkley, of course, just got a one-year $11 million uh, upgrade on the tag this past week. Taylor, though, I, I, I want to just read between the lines here a bit. He missed five or six games last year with an ankle injury. And he had ankle surgery back in January. He should be ready to go. In fact, he told reporters back in, early in the offseason that he would be healthy and ready. He just started training camp on the physically unable to perform list. Now, this could be just something else that popped up and needs something, uh, some more time to, to rehab, what have you. But the reporters with boots on the ground in Indy are saying this was a bit of a surprise that he showed up to camp and he's on PUP. This could be more or less him showing up and not feeling right and he's not feeling right for multiple reasons, not just the ankle. Again, we've seen players be disgruntled. They show up. They don't go to practice, but they're not on PUP. In this case, he's got to be upset because we know he was upset on the Zoom call. And now his owner is saying, you're asking for more after we've just collectively bargained this and your, your players association agreed to it? Uh, that's inappropriate. That's not in good faith. So he's got to know now, I mean, nothing's going to happen here other than he's in the final year of his deal. And guess what? If he's great, he'll get the franchise tag. It's rent, not buy at the position. Are you saying this PUP could be more of an FU from Jonathan Taylor? Potentially. To the but, Colts in yeah, faking I, an injury? Yeah, I, I don't know. Again, he didn't fake the He did have off-season surgery, but based on the timetable, he should be back by camp. So... We, we'll, we'll check in uh, further on that whenever he's I, removed from it. I, I don't always love the, the phrase, it is what it is. And I know that some have said that about this situation. And I believe those people who say that. that this is one of the few times where right now this is what it is. What Jim Irsay said is 1,000% correct. Mm -hmm. It would be completely inappropriate for a, a collective bargaining agreement that was duly negotiated by both sides that took a ton of time where both sides were forced to make concessions to now tear that up and go back and say, oh, this position group feels aggrieved. We need to change it all for them. Of course that's inappropriate to do that. He's not wrong in saying that, but the running backs also are not wrong in feeling slighted right now based on the direction of everything and the way teams value them or don't value them. Both sides have a good point. There are some times where both sides are sort of right, but there's really nothing to do. I, I don't blame the owners or Ursa or anyone else saying, yeah, we're not going to go back and renegotiate a CBA because this one position is unhappy. And if you're the running backs, you're saying, well, well great, value us the way we should be valued for our teams. And that's not going to happen because, quite frankly, it's not good business well, for it, the teams to do right now. The NFL owners hold the power over the NFLPA. Yep. They're not going to set a precedent of this. It's also the... And they know that. That's why Saquon the, did the deal. This is the privilege 
of owning the team and not working for the team. That's just the fact of life. There's different rules for the owners as opposed to the players, the coaches, everyone else. It's always going to be that way. It's not equal. There's an NFL running back who's totally happy on the franchise tag. We'll hit tomorrow. Chad, I'm going to go rapid fire here uh, with two big stories. So, hey, real quick, Otani today? Yeah, that's what I'm getting into here. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, go. Uh, the, the Angels doubleheader. You pointed out he had a one-hitter going in the eighth. Yeah. Uh, he threw a complete game shutout, one hit, eight strikeouts in the first game. He then hit his uh, league-leading 37th and 38th homer in the second game of a doubleheader. And Otani, after the Angels report got out yesterday that they don't plan on trading him, they're not going to at the deadline on August 1st, uh, Otani does what Otani does. And if you want to have a chance at re-signing him, if the Angels feel like they do, maybe they've heard something that they're in the mix. You got to win. Otani said that at the All-Star break. But if they don't re-sign him, Chad, to reiterate your point on how this would look optically in the annals of history of Major League Baseball. I really wish, by the way, Twitter didn't currently suck right now because I could find a tweet quicker uh, that was amazing that illustrated Otani's day. I think it's the first time this has happened since like 1896 that someone has thrown that many strikeouts and pitched a complete game and had two home runs. It's the story of his career. On the same day. And it's happened in a doubleheader, but on the same day. Pretty remarkable stat if I could find it. The Angels will look like one of the dumbest teams in the history of pro sports if they don't go to the playoffs or re-sign Otani. It's really that simple. They are gambling big time right now. They're not getting someone's hall of prospects to revamp that team. They haven't been to the playoffs with both Trout and Otani on the team. So they're taking a chance now, four and a half games out of the last wild card spot, to make a run. Trout's going to come back mid-August, so a couple weeks from now at best. They're going to make a run in August and September to get a playoff spot and to to go on a run in the playoffs. If they do that, they could easily sell, hey, keeping Otani paid off. It worked. But if they do this, they don't get the return in the trade and they don't make the playoffs and they fail to re-sign Otani in the offseason, what did they get out of this? I mean, we're going to look back and say, you had two... Surefire Hall of Famers there and yeah. could not go to the playoffs. Oh, and when you had a chance to get your next legacy of your next generation of players that could go to the playoffs regularly, you didn't. You failed to do that and you missed the playoffs. I mean, I think, look, it's a huge risk. That's what sports and life are all about sometimes. But if this risk doesn't pay off, there's not going to be second guessing. It's going to be first guessing of the Angels. Chad, uh, tomorrow we'll speak with Brett McMurphy, who tweets this out from the Action Network. Big 12 will add between one and three schools to join Colorado in 2024. Uh, I'm jumping in here now. The news today, Colorado said, yes, we're out. Peace out to the Pac-12. We're going to apply for uh, the the ability to join the Big 12, which has already uh, let it be known that they've approved uh, the uh, Colorado Buffaloes program if they wanted to apply for membership. Back to McMurphy. The league will first seek others from Pac-12 to join. If none do so, Big 12 would add one group of five, UConn, Memphis, San Diego State, or UNLV, to reach even numbers of teams in 2024. Now, and again, Brett McMurphy joins us tomorrow. 
The Athletic is reporting that Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12, has done a tremendous job here. Uh, you want to see leadership that is there but not in the Pac-12. It's this guy. He is going all in to sell his conference membership schools on UConn. That's number one priority. He wants UConn a part of the Big 12. And it, from there, again, that's the athletic. And then if you pick up on what Breck McMurphy is reporting, they're going to start with other Pac-12 schools to join. One to three more schools is important here, though, because you can still get two Pac-12 schools, and then if he's able to sell UConn, he can. Um, yeah, I'm fascinated by why so UConn would be choosing well, to join the landscape me, and the power five. We've only got about 45 seconds left. So I'll be quick and simple with this. If UConn is who he seeks, he is seeking the wrong Huskies. You want Washington? I want Oregon and Washington as, as two of the two of them could be though. No, he, that's who he's going to go fits. first, but I'm saying that UConn, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it for UConn. I don't like it for the big 12. UConn is a basketball school that makes better sense to play in the Northeast against those rivals, and they just won a national title. They've built back into a national power in basketball. It makes no sense for either side. Now, if I'm Memphis, San Diego State, or UNLV, I am on my knees every night praying Memphis those Pac-12 schools turn them down so it falls to me. And meanwhile, I want them to fall to me. Has the Pac-12 shown the numbers yet of this new TV right still 24 hours later? Show me the no. money. Maybe Show by me tomorrow the money. when we start at 3 o'clock Eastern.